You've created your business and now it's time to protect it. Whether it's your podcast, speaking engagements that you do virtually or live on in-person stages or the community that you've built, you want to make sure that what you've created is taken care of and well protected. This is where AWB contract templates come in. They're customizable, quick and easy to complete and cost a fraction of working with a lawyer one-on-one. They have tons of options available so you can choose the ideal one for your business needs. It's an instant download. You get a Word doc template, you fill in the blanks and in about 20 minutes, you're all done. Visit pauseontheplay.com forward slash contracts today to pick out your new business contracts. And when you check out, be sure to use the code play for 20% off your contract purchase. That's P-L-A-Y in all caps for 20% off. Protect your business with AWB contract templates. Hey, what's up? Before you listen, I have a quick request from you. While you're over here listening, go ahead on down, give us a rating and a review, especially if you're on Apple Music. Let us know how much you appreciate what we bring, the conversation, the dialogue. Tell us how it supports you. Give us that good five star. We appreciate you. Welcome back to Pause on the Play. As always, it's amazing to see you here where you are challenged to examine your beliefs, question your predisposed notions, and consider realities you may be unfamiliar with in order to understand that they too are real. I am your host and conversation MC for the day, Erica Corday, here along with a guest and my co-host, India Jackson, to get the dialogue going. Hello, ma'am. Hello. How you bees? I am well. I am enjoying the warmer weather. I'm not freezing anymore, cranking the heat at my ankles. I'll take it. I had to cut the air on last night. I was like, this is disrespectful. I can't sleep like this. This is wrong. Oh, give me all the heat. Oh, <laughs> no. However, I, I do appreciate the sun and that ability to want to be out in it a little bit more. I actually get quite a bit of breeze where I am, which is nice. So I'm appreciating the vitamin D and that grounding that apparently my human design says I should be getting. So I'm trying here. I'm trying. Right. The vitamin D has made all the difference. See. And so the interesting part of that is it actually does go into our, our guest today and the conversation we're going to have, because I think taking that time to be more aware of what's happening around you, what your body needs, what your spirit needs, when your brain says, go sit down somewhere. <laughs> and when you when you have to pay more attention to what you need to input to yourself versus constant output, it's something that doesn't get paid attention to enough. And so I'm extremely excited to have this conversation with her today. And would you like to introduce her to the world? Sure. Well, allow me to introduce you to no. <laughs> allow me to reintroduce. Sorry. <laughs> Let me tell you about Amy Young. Amy Young is a coach and a leader who supports wide awake women in accessing their accessing. Sorry, their innate feminine power. She does this through a process of patriarchal deprogramming. She calls the undoing. And uh, Amy is one of our favorite people, our favorite clients. She just brings so much personality and spunk and fire to the things that she's doing, to the conversations that she's having. And Amy just has like this amazing fearlessness about her. And we're going to dive into, you know, what her journey has looked like in this episode of, of getting to this place of doing this patriarchal deprogramming work. Absolutely. I wish that you could see my face because I'm just like, <laughs> oh, stop. Like that, that means so much to me. Um, just, you know, well, I'm really happy to be here, first of all, to have this conversation. But then um, also, I hope you both know this is just going to be a back and forth, like love fest probably. But <laughs> you know, both of your influence on my, not just my business, but my beingness um over the past almost a year now has been 
really powerful and transformative. And I'm so grateful to have you, both of you like riding co-pilot to everything because it has been quite a journey. So thank you for having me here. I love that you said being like, Mm -hmm. that's something that so many people are stuck in the doing and they forget about the being. Mm -hmm. And so in the spirit of being, I want you to share a little bit about what you're doing, because I think bios are something that are great to be able to sit on the page and hear some static words to tell you about a person, but you just evolved so much and your being of, you know, where you are right now is, is so expansive. And I'd actually love for you to tell everybody a little bit more about that. Yeah. Thank you. What am I doing? Um, I heard you, you said doing being, (laughs) (laughs) and yeah. And what am I doing from a place of being, which I think is actually like what I would really frame it as these days more than anything, um, is I'm really walking my talk Mm. in a way that, um, for a long time, I think I sort of lost this level level of personal accountability and integrity to really be sure that I was practicing what I was preaching all the time, you know? And um, because when we first started working together, I was still doing my relationship coaching work. So my whole business did this massive, well, it wasn't massive. I would say it was like a like a 60 degree pivot last summer (laughs) um, where I shifted away from dating and relationship coaching. I traditionally worked with uh, single heterosexual women uh, who were pursuing long-term relationships. And uh, I started, you know, getting signs and signals in maybe like 2019 that that was going to be shifting. And I was sort of going to be broadening, broadening the conversation that I was having about with women about, just who they wanted to be in the world and where they were operating from and outsourcing their power and not fully listening to themselves. Um, And of course, you know, uh, as I started teaching this and started uh, leading women in this new direction, it just highlighted for me all of the places. And it really did. It was such true, like just divine synergy that I signed on to work with you as that was happening, because I was being shown, you know, all the places where I really wasn't fully operating from this place of personal power, where I wasn't really being my total, authentic, transparent, honest self, especially in my business or in my online presence. And um, coming to terms with that was really, really challenging because authenticity and transparency are two super core values that I hold. And I think anyone who even was following me online or who had been working with me, you know, a lot of the feedback I would receive is like, you're so you in your coaching business. And you're so, um, you know, you're so clearly just like fully expressed or who you are, but there were things that I was hiding that I didn't even realize I was hiding. Or there were things that I was hiding from in my business and in my life that I, uh, yeah, that I didn't even realize I was hiding from because I was just sort of on the the treadmill of running my business, showing up, doing the things, serving the people, um, and not fully tending to my human, you know, which in having conversations with both of you, I now have more context for that being such a byproduct of capitalist society. And, and I know for my work with women, it's hu- a huge part of dismantling patriarchal value systems and all these things. Um, but I was sort of patient zero in my own undoing process. And um, and it's been really actually beautiful because, you know, it's so much easier when you've done the work yourself and you've sort of been to the the dark side of having to come to terms with some of these things to then be able to show up for another human, you know, a client that I'm I'm working with or a group of women and say, hey, I know what this really looks like and feels like. And I know it can be uncomfortable to have to acknowledge some of these things. And when you know you haven't really been living your truth or you haven't been operating from a place of power, you've been, you know, playing small in whatever way, um, it's been such a blessing to be able to sort of stand in that space, you know, having fully, and not that it's like ever over, but having fully, um, you know, done that like deeper excavation kind of work to get to the truth of, okay, well, why am I not? showing up in full integrity? Why am I not listening to myself? Like what is going on for me here? Um, 
So that's been like a slice of what the past, (laughs) especially the past, yeah, 10 months have kind of looked like for me. Um, And, and yeah, as a result, now I get to, you know, serve and support more women in realizing, yeah, where are you just on the treadmill of your life and maybe going at a set pace and not thinking that you can slow down or thinking that you can hop off and asking yourself like, wait, why am I on this treadmill anyway? Those are some of the questions I think. Those are my favorite questions to get to ask people. I love that question because I think so many times we can be given a prescription of what business needs to look like or marketing or visibility or Mm -hmm. anything needs to look like. And we can fall into that trap of being on the treadmill of somebody else's uh, workout plan Mm -hmm. (laughs) instead of creating your own. I'm just, I was listening. I'm just like, oh, all of that, all of those (laughs) things. Right. And I think often people don't stop long enough to recognize whether or not they do or do not want to do this. And if this is actually a choice that they made or because they felt like they had to. And I Mm. think there's a huge lack of permission to actually take stock of how do you feel and why do I feel this way? And is this how I want to feel? Yeah. Yeah. And um, I know there were so many, especially in our initial sessions together, there were so many conversations that I was shocked to find that I was so emotional about some of these topics, you know, just because I think that there's and this is something we talk about um, all the time, you know, because I had to kind of get used to the fact that the work that you do and, you know, really, I think high quality DEI work in general is not something that's formulaic. It's not like, oh, okay, well, I will, you know, audit your website and you'll just tell me about your offerings. And then, okay, we'll just like make these tweaks and changes. Um, There was so much more of a personal inventory that needed to take place. And the process that both of you led me through was really, it really made me reflect so much and look at the choices that I was making and why was I really making those choices? And also, like, who were those choices ultimately benefiting? Um, that. And, and what systems was I upholding by being a yes for, you know, certain indoctrinated, um, yeah, like marketing strategies or um, rules that I had, quote unquote, you can't see me doing little like bunny ears, but right, the rules <laughs> of being a business owner, like this is what it has to look like. And having to really question and assess like, okay, where did I, where did I learn that? And like, what planted that seed and why am I continuously subscribing to that if it feels off? Because I think that's been one of the biggest things for me is realizing ultimately, like, I know when something is off and I know when something is wrong and I know when um, I'm making a choice, you know, from a place of trying to please people or trying to uphold a certain image or not trying to rock the boat or whatever it might be. Like we all have that sort of inner sort of thermometer that tells us like, Hey, what's going on here? Um, but I had been really checked out from it for a while. So getting to fully check back in, I was like, this is painful to have to look at, you know, it was like, it was hard for me to have to come to grips with some things. And I don't want to, you know, sort of also exaggerate this in any way. It's not like I was um, operating, I think, way outside the bounds of what my value system is or, but it was just like, but even for someone like me where personal integrity is really important and being authentic and honest is so central to everything that I stand for, even feeling like I was, you know, 15% off or something felt really hard to come to terms with. And I think it's that's probably a big reason why it is hard for people to be a full yes to doing this kind of personal inventory and professional inventory is because you know that you're going to have to come to terms with where you're not in alignment, right? And where um, where some of your values have been placed on the back burner so that you could make a buck or just do what works. Mm-hmm. And I think it's something that most people do. It's a trap. And Erica, I remember you saying to me really early on, 
you know, like, yeah, this, we have these conversations with people a lot, like this happens where you kind of start to lose yourself or you lose, you know, what the initial mission was about for why you started a business in the first place. And just hearing that it wasn't uncommon was such a comfort because, um, you know, we're all like these little business islands and you don't always know what's happening on someone else's island. But Mm -hmm. when you pull back the curtain on your own stuff, it could be like, wow, there's a lot of stuff happening in here. (laughs) Right. Um, (laughs) And yeah, and having, you know, both of you reflect back to me that, you know, that I definitely wasn't alone in it and that this is very par for the course was such a comfort. Well, and I think there's this big piece of people assuming that shifting your business or checking in with where you are at, like where you actually are versus where you think you are, Mm -hmm. uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion, anti-racism, anti-bias, any of these things, there is more fear about being the extreme of it Mm. than the willingness to acknowledge where you've stitched enough of the threads in it that you need to cut those out. This Mm. is not about your, your, you know, putting on a hood every day when you walk out the house, that's not necessarily (laughs) where that goes. That still doesn't mean that there aren't white supremacists or patriarchal or just extremely harmful, shitty behaviors that are happening that might not be good for everybody else, but they're damn sure not helpful for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. And it makes me think back to like when we did first start working together, just to clarify that for the listeners, one of the first things that we gave you to work on is our um, marketing and mindsets from the inside out workbook. (laughs) I should know whether it's a workbook or journal, but it, it's one of those things. It's on our website. It's something that people can download for free. Um, and it gets you started thinking about, you know, what is happening in your industry that you think is not working or that you want to change. And then we kind of built our way up from that to implicit to explicit. Um, and I'm wondering from your perspective, like, what are some of the things that came up for me for you in those first few exercises that led to the changes that you have today? Yeah, so many things. Um, I think one of the biggest things, and I've always felt myself get very heated when I talk about this in the coaching industry or personal development industry, is this sort of obsession with quick fixes and hacks and shortcuts and, um, you Tactics. know, yeah, like just the sort of baloney of like, you can change this one thing in your mindset and then you'll be a millionaire, you know? So (laughs) like these ridiculous kinds of claims, um, that's always really bugged me and bothered me because, well, one, it's just not true. It's just like, there is no quick fix. There are no hacks. Um, and, and two, because, you know, it's like, it's very misleading and manipulative. Like it's really preying on people. And I remember one of our first sessions to get uh, together, Erica, you just asked me, you were like, okay, this is kind of a tough question. Um, have you ever done that? Like, have you ever, um, you know, marketed something in a way where it presented as a shortcut or like, have you ever fallen victim to wanting to present something as like the silver bullet? And I remember thinking about it and I was like oh my god I totally have and it got me going down this whole rabbit hole of you know realizing like wow yeah I worked with that coach who told me that this is what I needed to do to sell my offerings and that you know you're selling people the dream and all of this stuff and it was like that was a one particular moment of kind of reckoning with myself of being like oh I bought into this thing that I hate about this industry. Mm. And um, that felt really icky and uncomfortable, but was also so illuminating. <laughs> and and just, it felt so good to be able to point to it and say, oh, that's why, you know, that felt wrong or whatever. Or that's why mm. there's been this like little feeling in my stomach of like something being off before, you know, because I was subscribing to something that I don't believe in. And it was, it's been the same thing I think now this is sort of a different place where it shows up for me. But the biggest thing that frustrates me since my business has gone and really my work has gone so much more in the direction of spiritual healing and energetic work, you know, the degree of um, spiritual bypassing and people's inability to sit with certain 3D realities, especially when we're talking about white supremacy, racism, um, 
you know, really when I, I make it very clear that when I'm talking about patriarchal deprogramming, I'm talking about white cis hetero patriarchal deprogramming because right. you can't really talk about, <laughs> you can't really talk about one of these systems without including all of them. And, um, and that was a big challenge for me. It was actually one of the biggest things for me where I realized, oh, this is why I've avoided going in this direction for so long because I don't want to feed the machine of love and light, all is well, we're all one, don't you understand? You know, like, I was like, I can't Ugh. get behind that. Because, <laughs> I'm like, I'm gonna throw up. Yuck. Because it's not true, you know? No. So I was like, no. and um, and for some people that's, you know, it, for us, I've been thinking about this a lot, that it's like the issue is people aren't willing to hold more complexity and <laughs> to be able to, mm -hmm. you know, acknowledge very real truths about life on this here planet and not in some, you know, like blissful astral realm. So, um, so yeah, those, I think those have been two primary pieces for me is really coming to terms with where I sold myself out to sort of the, um, like bro marketing <laughs> personal development in the past and recognizing that in terms of doing spiritual and energetic work with people, I want to take up very different space. Um, and I want to really be a stand for uh, acknowledging all aspects of an individual's experience and not just trying to um, whitewash anything and be like oh no it's not really that bad because you're creating your reality blah 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 you know what have you so those are and, the two of the biggest pieces of the puzzle and so for me I can't have you mention that and not acknowledge the fact of how the way that you showed up you if we use Instagram for an example the way that you showed up and how much you chose to show up and what you chose to talk about changed so dramatically yes. mm -hmm. as you went through not only acknowledging this and seeing this but being like shit I don't want to like you said I don't want to feed this machine I don't want to be a part of it mm -hmm. and we witness such a beautiful stripping down and and almost a rebirth of this totally. but I would love for you to really language and articulate the way that it felt for you to go from this you know very you know, perfectly polished and quaffed type of way that women, um, anyone that identifies as a woman, not even just from, from birth, but if you are a woman, um, that the way that you're told to show up yeah, and how you were like, oh, fuck this. I'm not doing this anymore. Yeah. So I think two of the biggest things that I just came to peace with was, um, okay, I'm willing to be disliked and I'm willing to be misunderstood. And I'm also willing to make people mad. Those were probably the biggest things that um, I just had a, you know, moment with myself of like, okay, we either keep trying to be liked and keep people happy and comfortable, or we just decide to unmuzzle ourselves and be a little more filter free and, um, and let people then make their decision about how they feel about you and if they want to follow you and if they want to work with you or if they think that you are um, problematic or dangerous or deluded or whatever it might be. I just, it just, I finally just realized that I was like, I'm not in the business of keeping people happy and comfortable. And that's my job. <laughs> like, like literally my job is pointing out things to people and expressing truths to people that can awaken things in them. And the awakening process is not a comfortable one, you know, like it's not like it's not the easiest uh, thing to be told something that's truthful, that's uncomfortable to hear. It's just like, you know, we don't like it, but um it's so, you know, the thing for me also that was so interesting was the number of people who reflected back to me that seeing me be more unfiltered, seeing me being willing to express the truth. Um, I had a conversation with my friend Mark <laughs> recently about it, and he was like, I would watch your stories, and I felt like my phone was getting hot. <laughs> um, and and I think about it and it's like so many people said to me, you know, thank you for doing that because it's showing me where like I'm not stepping up to that plate. And that's always, you know, it's wonderful to hear that kind of reflection because it does just I think there is we all have this false belief that it's like, well, if I can just 
keep people comfortable and be palatable and, you know, um, please people, then like everyone will like me, then I'll be safe, then I'll be happy, then I'll be successful, all these things. And it's been quite the opposite for me that now that I'm operating more from a place of unfiltered truth and sharing more of what I really believe and what I stand for and what I'm seeing, uh, you know, the people who are for me are 1000% for me. And the people who are called to work with me, there's no surprises about what they're signing up for. They know exactly what it's going to entail. And then the people who are clearly not for me and the people who, um, don't feel aligned with what I'm sharing or the message that I'm delivering, they get to choose for themselves, right? About whether they're interested in sticking around or they want to go. And um, it's so funny because this is what I taught, you know, in all of my dating and relationship work for years is I was like, you have to show up to the date, date one, and you have to be your fully expressed self, you know, because otherwise you're doing the thing of trying to be what you think someone else wants, and that's always going to be unsustainable. <laughs> like that's you know, there's always going to be a moment where the the curtain gets pulled back, and you're like, oh no, now they see the real me. And then, you know, if they don't like that because you hoodwinked them, well, that's like that's really <laughs> sad and bad for everybody, and everyone's time just got wasted. Versus from the get go, being able to say, no, this is exactly who I am, and this is exactly what I believe, and this is what I'm here for. And uh, in the case of business, like this is what I'm working towards and this is the world that I want to create. Do you want to be a part of creating that world? Because that's what we're building over here. And um, and yeah, being okay with other people not getting it or not liking it. It's interesting too, because when you talk about showing up in a really unfiltered way in this conversation, I think a lot of people can hear that there's the conversational piece of that, right? What's on your mind? Um, what are you looking to change? What's your opinion or perspective on things? Uh, but there was also like literally an unfiltered piece. Like I, I don't even know if I have mentioned it to you in the past, but I've definitely seen like you moving away from using filters on Instagram stories mm. and showing up more often without makeup on in, in a way that really gives other people permission just like that date, right? You can't go to every date with a full face of makeup where they don't know what they're getting and they're going to expect that from you all the time. With you doing that, you're giving other people permission to show up in a similar way and not always have to be curated. Yeah, I that's interesting because I don't know that that's been a fully conscious thing that I've been making an effort to do. I think it is definitely just a byproduct of um, – Give well the. Um, do you swear on this podcast? No, girl, it's, cuss away. Okay, yes, <laughs> I, say, like, I think it's just a byproduct of giving fewer fucks. <laughs> it's just right, being right. like, it's being like, oh, this is me in my like workout outfit. This is me, right? When yeah, I don't have any makeup on. This is me, uh, showing up more fully and transparently, just as my unfiltered self on all levels because I really don't need you to like me or approve of me. Like I really don't need you and I don't need you to agree with me. And that's a level of freedom and liberation that I know I think every single human is seeking is just feeling like, do I get to be me in the world fully and be accepted by people and seen? And is it safe for me to do that? And um, the sad reality is, is like absolutely not for some people. You don't get to be fully you and it's not safe. But I want to be a stand for every single human being getting to be fully expressed and unfiltered and authentically themselves and know that they can be accepted and seen and welcome at the table and valued and prioritized. So if I'm rejecting parts of myself or I'm um, – you know, unwilling to show up in a more transparent, unfiltered way, or I'm censoring myself in different ways than I'm not really saying, you know, that's what I mean when it's like, I'm not walking my talk then. Cause I can't mm -hmm. tell you to do something that I'm not willing to do. Well, in the piece of that, that I have to also mention is you spoke about your piece and how that then shifted the way that you showed up, um, how you spoke to, you know, your audience, those that had been following, those that were new, but mm -hmm. how does that show up with relationships? 
you know, peers, uh, whether that's like business or even just the life pieces, because I think when we do that, most of us are pretty clear that it's very possible some people are going to be in their feelings and go on about their way, which we're fine with. Yeah. And, and others are going to be like, fuck yeah, what yeah. are you doing? I want in. Yeah. But what happens when you have to then have like that whole kind of inventory of peers of like, okay, either we need to talk or we need to become unbenefited because I mm-hmm. can't do this with you. Yeah. I think that's been the most um, sort of challenging or painful aspect of so much of this. I felt very grateful that, especially when it comes to doing more uh, focused and direct anti-racism work and education and um, advocating more for trans visibility, right, or inclusion or equity or any of these things, um, most of the people, well, not most, 100% of the people in my close inner circle were 100% on the same page. So I could call up my sister and have conversations. I could call up friends and be like, you know, what are you doing? What are you seeing? What are we agreeing to moving forward? Like, okay, what are our action steps? Um, with peers and some coaching friends, that was not the case. And, and some people that I was working with even at the time, you know, like last spring, um, I ended up firing my business coach because it just became really clear that, well, to put it bluntly, like they were unwilling to say Black Lives Matter or, you know, there were just these sort of um, like you get to this line in the sand place where I'm like, I can't be in in this level of like intimate connection with a person right where when our values are not in the same place like it just didn't make sense anymore and it didn't uh it just didn't feel right anymore and um having those conversations of having to sit someone down you know and not just like ghost a friendship or something or ghost a business relationship but say i'm not going to keep working with you and it's for these reasons um those aren't fun conversations to have (laughs) And I think that's why most people don't have them is because it's uncomfortable and because you're afraid of upsetting someone or, you know, whatever it might be. But, um, well, number one, like, you know, those are all white privilege conversations and feelings to get to have. And uh, which is not to say that, you know, it's always like for me and I think both of you have helped me sort of come to this place of like the both and of I'm allowed to be uncomfortable with the fact that I have to have that conversation. Like I'm allowed to have my feelings about it. Uh, and I can also acknowledge that those feelings like are, are privileged <laughs> that, and that I can still have yeah. the conversation. Um, even if I am uncomfortable or even if I am afraid with how it's going to be received, it doesn't matter. It's about like still showing up and doing the thing. Um, but yeah, having conversations as well with with coach friends where, you know, saying like, I th- I think you really need to look at this or it really concerns me that you, you know, clearly don't care about this or, um, you know, being the person like on the mastermind call who's like, actually, I think we all need to like check our privilege on this call for a second. The thing about it for me was it, it, gets to a place and I hope that this is what's happening for more and more people where like you know being silent or complicit or avoiding the discomfort is actually more uncomfortable than stepping up to the plate and being a stand for what you really believe in and what you know is right and that was the space that I got to where I was like oh it is so much more uncomfortable to not have the conversation or not say how I really feel or not point out the you know like ignorant thing or the or the bias or whatever it is um like I can't live with that discomfort anymore so I have to be willing to step up and say the thing because it's the just because it's the right thing to do and not because I'm going to get cookies for it or because someone's going to see it or because then I'm going to go and tell someone like I'm such a good white lady like listen to what I did this afternoon but like just for me and my own conscience to be able to be like I'm operating from a place of truth and integrity and I get to sleep at night knowing that that's the case and there is a ripple effect to every move that we all make in that direction. Even if it seems small, there's always a ripple effect, Um, but it doesn't make it fun and it doesn't make it easy necessarily. 
What do you feel say like amen you're... to that? I'm like, wait. <laughs> agreed. That agreed. Was amen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Amy, I'm curious to hear if you feel like your um, clarity or your confidence has evolved over time when having these types of conversations. Yes. Yes. I think I even said to you all, I think I said to both of you a few weeks ago, I'm so grateful that these conversations don't scare me anymore. You know what I mean? Like talking about whiteness, talking about, um, yeah, supporting and advocating for black lives, like talking about DEI work it's not, I think there used to be this sense and this pressure of like, well, I need to know just the right words and just what to say so that I don't look bad. It's like, you know, like Erica, you talk about all the time, imperfect allyship. It's this unwillingness Mm -hmm. to be imperfect in it. Like, well, I don't want to say anything that might upset somebody. So I just won't say anything at all. Um, Whereas now it's like, you know, the more you can flex these muscles or I'll speak for myself, the more I flex these muscles and have these conversations and owned what my beliefs and values are and then acted from that place in the world, not just in my business, but in my personal life and in my community and in, yeah, personal relationships and all across the board, it's just the less scary it is. You know, the less it completely throws you, like the the less that I'm sitting around being like, oh, but, but what should I do or why or anything because um, I just know more clearly and with more confidence what – just what is the right thing to do, (laughs) which a lot of times means like, you know, opening my mouth and saying the hard thing or um, advocating for someone or amplifying someone else's voice or opening up my friggin' pocketbook and like putting my money where my mouth is, you know, there's, and it's just becomes easier to move through the world and to make decisions in your business or to, um, you know, be able to show up as the type of person that you want to be when you are actively having these conversations and realizing like, okay, I can have these conversations. I can also be told actually that wasn't okay, you know, that you said that or you, you know, using that choice of words was really hurtful or actually have you thought about it this way? Like being willing to be corrected and being willing to receive Mm -hmm. feedback and to realize like, oh, I actually don't need to be perfect at this. And really, like, no one's actually holding me to that standard in my experience. Mm-hmm. Um, it just makes it that much easier to do it the next time when you realize, like, oh, this isn't scary and this isn't actually, like, anything to be worried about. This is actually, like, it's beneficial for me and it's beneficial for my community and it's beneficial for the mission and the work that I'm trying to do in the world. And and like I said, um, not having the conversations and not taking action becomes more intolerable. Right. There's this book um, that I've mentioned in the past here on the podcast called Do Something Every Day That Scares You. But, Mm -hmm. you know, in relation to that idea, it's like the more that you do these things and have that repetition, uh, the easier it gets. And I say easier in a sense of like, there's more ease, there's more confidence, there's more um, clarity. And that doesn't mean it's going to be easy. I think that one of the things that came up for me is when you said um, how this kind of shifted things in your business as well, and how these conversations have come into business relationships. Um, One of the things that Erica and I have spent a good amount of time talking with you and other clients about is definitely diving into hustle culture and urgency um, and all of these other like things that can try to find their way into the business world, like productivity, that don't really seem like they have much to do with DEI, but all of their roots are very racist. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know, I feel like as we began to unravel some of those things um, even more deeply, I noticed that a lot of that kind of kept the wheel spinning on how you were evolving your business. So could you share a little bit about what that looked like and what are some of the decisions that you've made for yourself? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so something that I that's, that is true just to me as a person, but it also has its roots in hustle culture and productivity at all costs and workaholism. Um, 
I, when I'm really passionate about something or when I really want to do something, you know, I put all my energy behind it and I can just move at the speed of like a freight train going like a <laughs> hundred miles per hour. That's, I absolutely have that part of me. Um, the problem for me, the problems for me, I should say, started to arise when, you know, I was moving, I was continuously moving at that speed because that's what I had been doing and that's what was comfortable for me. And then it was getting to a place where it was very clear that that wasn't going to be sustainable anymore. And I could tell because, um, one, I was just tired. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Two, um, I was becoming resentful of aspects of my business because I felt like I was showing up and um, doing all the things and overgiving and overriding my own boundaries, you know, in the in for the sake of service and and being of use to others. Uh, that wasn't honoring of my well being or you know my humanity as a person and. Um, and also I started having some health complications and it took me a really, really long time and numerous conversations with both of you to really see and flesh out more fully kind of what was going on there and why, uh, to quote you, Erica, like why as soon as I, you know, the phrase like fill up your own cup, people talk about that, you know, if you want to like be able mm-hmm. to pour into other people, you have to fill up your own cup. And I talk about this all the time too. Like, why was it that as soon as I would get a little bit of liquid in my cup, it's like, oh, okay, well, let's just dump this out into something, right. you know, like let's dump it into a new project. Let's put out a bunch of stuff on Instagram. Let's create a bunch of new content. Like, you know, just this automatic instinct to just be doing and be going and outputting and all of these things. Um, And so it's been a slow process of slowing down. It's been, it wasn't like an overnight, okay, and now we take all of these things off the plate. But, you know, it really was a series of conversations that looking at, well, what is truly essential? And um, what are the things that actually like need to be happening in my in my business for it to just be running and for me to be able to make ends meet and pay bills and pay my team and those kinds of things and what are you just these were the questions for me is like what are you just doing because it's what you've been doing or because you think that you have to and just stripping away the non-essentials and um and also you know conversations that we've had India about restructuring my offerings and looking at, you know, if I'm not in a place where um, I have the capacity to be doing like really deep work with people on an ongoing basis, you know, like deep dive coaching and all of these things, if I'm wanting to fill up my own cup more, okay, well, like what might be available to me in terms of creating an offering or setting up something that's maybe a more short-term program or doing, yeah, like a one-day training or a one-day workshop or something where um, it just, you know, matches where my energy is at the time being and putting my humanity first and my person first um, and not basically like pouring myself out to my business (laughs) so that I can (laughs) see, you know, see a return that makes me feel safe. And, and yeah, and it's just, you know, and it's also, uh, like making the decision to take this summer off. I'm taking three months off to really kind of, um, just take care of myself and take some space. And it's been, you know, well, one, it's been like, I don't know, 20 years since I was like, oh, a summer vacation, (laughs) (laughs) but also just since I started my business, like I really, I didn't take vacations. I was the person who went on vacation. I took my laptop with me (laughs) and was like, oh, okay, I'll see you at the beach later. I'm just going to check email really quick. So it's been a lot about, um, yeah, putting aside non-essentials, setting really clear boundaries, being honest with myself about my limitations and where my capacity is, and then making changes and decisions and choices in my business from a place that supports, you know, uh, really where I'm at and what I, what I'm capable of at the time. I think sometimes we can be told by ourselves or others that we have to have these long-term programs in order to receive or to be able to facilitate deep results. Um, And I know that you've definitely been exploring what does this look like to go really deep in just one day or just a few hours Mm -hmm. and release 
and give people the space to process and to integrate. Um, and I'm curious to know, after experimenting with some of these types of offerings, what has that felt like for you on the other side of that? Yeah, I think so. The immediately after, I would have this feeling of kind of like, well, did I give enough? You know, where did people get what they need? Did people get what they feel like they signed up for? I think in the long term, the really beautiful thing about it that I've been able to cultivate more of is like, is really trusting my clients and my customers a lot more. Um, like trusting them to be as powerful as they really are and trusting them to be um, accountable in a different kind of way where, you know, I, I mean, I talk about this all the time. I come from like a very codependent blueprint in my life. I was super um, wanting to help save, rescue everybody, like just, and really, and from this place, like people think codependency or caretaking in that way is, is like a kind thing or something, but it's not. It's really disempowering to another individual to say, oh, I don't think that you can figure that out for yourself. So here, let me come in and I'll be the little project manager for you in your life. Or here, let me swoop in and save you from this uncomfortable experience because I hate having to see you go through this. It's not really trusting people to be as powerful as they are or have agency or be as capable as they are. And I think uh, an unexpected byproduct of being willing to sort of, yeah, be more hands-off um, with certain offerings. And even, you know, I'm getting ready to do this four-week intro course into the undoing. And um, one of the things that I was really clear on is I was like, I want this to just be a series of four calls. And yes, there's a way to like ask me questions or um, there's going to be engagement and that kind of thing. It's not, you know, for for me to receive feedback and make sure people are understanding the material, but it's not going to be like a really hand-holdy type experience. And it's because I want the people who sign up for that to be able to cultivate more accountability for themselves. And it's me really instilling this trust in them and saying, I'm not going to hold your hand for, through this and I'm not going to do the work for you because I literally can't. And you, I'm going to give you these tools and then you're going to be able to take it and run with it. Um, and I think that that's actually really important. And when I reflect on some of the most transformative work I've done with coaches or in different programs, I really like having a certain degree of freedom and space to practice on my own, right? And to know that um, I can you know, like lean in as much as I want to and then lean back a little bit if I need space or if I need more time, you know, it's like being more self-governing and autonomous in terms of how you participate. So that was totally something I didn't expect is it really raised the bar for me and trusting my clients, seeing them for as powerful as they truly are and trusting their process as well. The interesting thing I hear there is you're acknowledging the way that you want to teach or support or facilitate, but you also recognize the way that you want it to receive and, mm -hmm. and be taught or facilitated. And mm -hmm. that's where I think when people choose to work with us or anybody else on whatever topic it is, they don't often think about what is my learning style? How do I mm -hmm. best take in information? Mm -hmm. What do I need to then go forth? And they don't take that time to realize like, do I need somebody on me constantly? Do I need to have that kind of, you know, step back off of me a little bit? Do you like accountability? You know, what type? So I think there are some nuances there of taking enough stillness and space in that process to figure out what, what does work for me? Because mm -hmm. I hear two hear people way too often say, oh, that just didn't work. No, it didn't work for you at that point. Mm. And I think that's important. Yeah, I completely agree. And I also think I know that it's a thing for so many coaches to feel like, well, I have to give this person everything. I have to give them mm -hmm. full access to me. You know, you like you can reach me 24-7 via email or via Voxer or like, you know, to justify whatever price point I've set. Oh, like here, let me just make myself available to you and you'll have me in your pocket and you'll blah, blah, blah. And um, if that my gut is like, no, no, no I know no, I'm listening. No. I'm like, Oh gosh, no. <laughs> well, and I'll say too, you know, working with both of you has been a permission slip for me because 
I am so grateful that you don't make yourself available to me 24 seven because it makes me value the time that we have together or, you know, when we are in conversation on Voxer and like, I know that you're not overextending yourself. I know that you're not pushing yourself past what you have the capacity for. And, and, and I'm not saying that that's not a way to work. Like if that is what someone, how someone loves to run their business, if it's not coming from a place of, okay, well, you know, like, let me make sure that you get what you need because I'm afraid that if you don't, then you're going to be upset and you're going to want to refund. And, you know, if it's rooted mm-hmm. in fear and, and scarcity and people pleasing and all these things, that is not helpful. Um, so yeah, I, I think it's a journey for most coaches. I'm not going to say all, but most coaches to have to realize and look at, you know, have I been overgiving or have I let my boundaries slide or have I been treating myself, you know, have I been like extracting from myself and treating myself like a resource just for other people? Because Mm. that's pretty gross. It's like pretty, um, it's pretty self-sacrificing and it, and it is also perpetuating, yeah, this systemic belief or, or this like cultural ideal we have that, um, that energy and finite resources are just ours for the taking, you know, that like, oh yeah, this, in, and I, we can look at how this is, how we treat the planet. We can look at it, you know, and it's roots in s- slavery and um, all of those things where it's like, oh, let me, because I'm spending this money now, I get to have access to this in a way that, you know, suits my needs. And um, like I would experience that when I was like waiting tables and people, I would just be like, oh my gosh, this person thinks I'm like their personal servant because like I brought them a drink or something like that. And it's, (laughs) you start to see it kind of everywhere. So tightening up those boundaries and trusting that people, you know, that my clients can take care of themselves was a really beautiful thing. And it's only been reflected back to me that that's the case. And those are the kinds of women I want to be working with are the ones who can be responsible for themselves and accountable and to enjoy a degree of spaciousness um, in, you know, a transformational journey. Powerful, powerful. And I think that, you know, it's important to also note that you've seen like tangible results from that too, of attracting different people, Um, being able to bring in revenue that is just as high, if not better than some of these longer term offerings, Mm -hmm. but being able to get in and get out and get back into your own energy and into the sun again with the new way that you're rolling things out. Yeah, absolutely. I was shocked. I was like, when you first, (laughs) I remember India, when you first were like, would you ever think about maybe you could just do something that's like a one day training or something? Yeah. Where it's like, it's, you know, sort of less um, intensive. And I was like, that's something that I could just do. I don't know why it didn't, but this is the thing is we don't, if we don't have someone on the outside, um, you know, necessarily willing to reflect the sometimes obvious stuff. You know, one of my favorite sayings from this is, um, you can't see the label from inside the jar. Like I'm in my Mm -hmm. business and I'm in my everyday life. So I can't always see other options and possibilities and things that might be obvious to, to you or anyone else. Um, so yeah, that was, it was really fun to get to just experiment with something different and see how it went and have it be really successful for everybody involved. And I think that's also been a huge underlying theme of all the work that we've done is like, okay, am I willing to just experiment with this or test it out or just see, and then look at what the results are, you know, um, not approaching anything from a place of, okay, final decision, this is what's happening, but letting yourself just play a little bit more. Right. I'm so glad you used that word of play, right? Is that we, we create a business um, or a brand and we forget to play with it and that we can experiment. We can learn from those experiments and throw things away and start new things. And instead of always feeling like it has to be this finite answer or all of this extra pressure on it. And I think when we can step back into playing with things, Um, We can find our way back to our values and to what feels good for us. But also when we're feeling good about what we're doing and how we're rolling it out, the people receiving it are going to feel better about it too. Completely. Yeah. And I think that's also a byproduct of um, once you get to be a little more 
established in business, there's this feeling of like, uh oh, I have more skin in the game now, you know, like I have more riding on this, whether it's in terms of, yeah, having like team members that you need to pay or a certain lifestyle and comfort level you want to be able to uphold or an, yeah, an image or a brand that you've already established. I know that that was such a strange thing for me to realize was like, oh, I was, I gave myself way more permission to just play and kind of mess around when I was first getting started (laughs) and like kind of had nothing to lose. Um, it can be scary to, yeah, be however many years in and realize like, oh no, I want to, I still want to play like, and I need to be able to have permission to play and experiment and test drive things. Um, even if it does feel like I have skin in the game or it feels like there's more pressure now than maybe there was before, cause there might be more eyeballs on me than there were before. Um, and having to realize that ultimately, you know, I still have, nothing to lose, which is why I can do something like take three months off and trust that my business will be here when I'm ready to come back to it. And I'll be more refreshed and ready to, you know, pour myself into new offerings and discover what those offerings even want to be and taking that time off. Um, Yeah, it's really, I think it's important, you know, for anyone out there who's listening, who like what you're doing is working, quote unquote, but maybe it doesn't light you up in the way that it used to that's it doesn't have to be that way <laughs> like that's the biggest thing I just want to say is like you know like the light going out um doesn't have to be just the norm and just because it's common doesn't mean that that's something that we need to subscribe to um so you know for me not being afraid to look at like lift up the hood of my business so to speak and look at like what's not really working here and what adjustments need to be made and um I'm in such a better more spacious satisfied spot and I'm able to be so much more authentically of service in the world as a result of that I'm so glad you said that that's (laughs) I couldn't have said that better like innovation has completely been the product of your playing Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. absolutely absolutely and I I feel like you gave everybody the takeaway just there I was like well that's a Mm -hmm. good place to send them off on their way We give one action every time. That one action at today, I think we all agree, is go play in your business. Find one thing to experiment with. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So for you being able to be here and to to share your experience in working with us, but more than that, your evolution and how things have just really shifted for you in life and business and getting you to, to that place of having more satisfaction and spaciousness for letting us look underneath of your hood, so to speak. Thank you, Amy. (laughs) I'm so grateful. Yeah. Thank you um, for having me and giving me a space to talk about this with so much more, um, yeah, openness and transparency than I would probably even give myself on my own podcast. So (laughs) no, I really appreciate it. And you know, I'm I'm so appreciative of the work that we've done and um, me getting to, yeah, be more of my whole self um, in my business and in my life is, has been really, I mean, there's no words for it. It's just been amazing. So thank you. Thank you. So do you want to tell everyone where they can find you? Yeah. So probably the best place at this point, um, if you go to my website, which is under construction, so there isn't a ton of exciting stuff to see, but the most exciting thing to do there at amyyoungcoaching.com is to get on my email list. Um, I'm spending less time on social media because <laughs> we could probably do a whole podcast episode right. mm-hmm. on that. But that's been <laughs> one of the choices, right, is to not necessarily make um, Instagram the home and primary hub of everything that I'm offering. So my email list is, you know, where the um, earliest updates and invitations and announcements come out. So yeah, amyoungcoaching.com, that's, that's the best place to find me. And awesome. the conversations you're having and your email list, uh, so juicy. Oh, thank you, India. Thank you. So all of Amy's information will be in the show notes so everyone can learn about that. They can go on over and check her out. You can learn more. And also, India and I want to make sure to remind you to, that everything we talked about today goes back to values. And that work that we did with Amy really set the stage for everything. And so... The next episode that we have coming up, episode, of course, that's the word I use, um, <laughs> the, the, the next installment that we have coming up for Implicit to Explicit is going to be coming up in June. What's the website, India, so they can go over and sign up today? 
Sure. It's pauseontheplay.com slash events. Again, that's pauseontheplay.com slash events. You'll be able to find June. We also have some slotted for September and October. Awesome. So you can go ahead and get yourself in there. And again, we only limit those to six people per time. So you can be one of these small intimate groups to have a closed container to work on your values and what matters to you. So this space is a space that Indy and I highly appreciate you joining us to hear more about how people drop the veil and they get the opportunities to challenge their thoughts, feelings, and actions. So for being here with us and joining us this week and helping us to create the bridge for us to walk over and become the change that we all want to see. We thank you. So thank you. So until next time, keep the dialogue going. Bye. Ready to get clear on what matters? Let's do this. From implicit to explicit is a framework that helps you to get clear on what matters and how it informs the way you live and lead in your workplace. Whether it's focusing on the team building and connection that can happen when you talk about what matters to you as a person or how it informs the outcomes that you seek in your business, it can all completely change the game. Having clarity on what your values are and how this shapes the way your work creates the foundation for every action that you take, and then sharing this information across your team explicitly. This is what creates confidence and integrity in what it is that you are creating and sharing with the world. Visit pauseontheplay.com forward slash explicit to learn more about this collaborative and interactive workshop and sign up today. Ready to lead through your values?